Hello everyone, I'm Trent Luce. Welcome to another edition of Rural Routes, the program where we discuss the issues between rural and urban America. We've been doing it so long, we've got them all solved. But we only do it every weekday, Monday through Friday. And um, yeah, it's one of those, first day of spring. When did the first day of spring, Hank Vogler, become the 20th instead of 21st? What's up with that? Well, maybe a more accurate measurement of when the uh, angle of the sun crosses the equator. Would that be it, the vernal equinox? I think it probably is. I don't know. We had a 4 UV rating yesterday. And Okay, go ahead and run that one by me. That's a new one for me. Uh, Ultraviolet light, does that mean the sun really shone on your organization or what? No, that means there was very um, not a – the sun was out, but the sun wasn't the sun. It was like it was – had a film over it. Oh, no. Climate change, global warming, yeah. freezing, cooling. Exactly. Oh, no. Yep. Oh, no. The, you know, the sun's going to burn out in 1 billion, 400 million years. Mm-hmm. I mean, we're doomed. We're so, just doomed. So is the oil going to disappear in that many years? Well, yeah, but they keep making oil. Isn't it organic material that's rotting in the ground? Mm, I don't believe that to be true. Oh, okay. It's, it's rejuvenating so. itself in some way, shape, or form because we've documented that, uh, I can find you documentation that the first oil well in Los Angeles County that was shut down because it was depleted, I believe it was the 70s. Um, by the way, it's got more oil today than it had when they started pulling oil from it back in the 50s. Well, yeah, but. Everybody's going to buy an electric car because they're bulletproof. And, I mean, they just work. And, and electricity, you just go, you see a current berry bush along the road, you just plug in and shazam. And <laughs> 38 and a quarter seconds, you're charged up and you can go down the road another 200 current carry, A yes, current carry bush? Don't turn the heater on. <laughs> don't turn the heater on. Everybody, I'm talk to that's even been near one of those buggies when they get any kind of elevation their old battery goes straight down when they turn the heater on you got to wear a coat in the car and a hat and gloves for outdoors yes sir they work great i mean i'm all for any kind of technology you know i sold my shares in the studebaker wagon company a long time ago and and been all right ever since but Things change, but until we find a new source that's cheaper, more efficient, uh, gee whiz, you can't, it's not like a light switch. You can just flip it off and on. <clears throat> Takes a little while. Um, 2021, it was announced because I heard some people yelling, Los Angeles doesn't have oil wells. Yeah, at one time, Los Angeles County had 1,600 oil wells and they voted to field was just yeah they shut them down because they wanted to move to electric instead of relying on fossil fuel well 
I want to burn water. Uh, just haven't got it figured out yet. Mm-hmm. It keeps stopping the, stopping the engine when I fill up the tank with water. But then now Nevada is out of water. Both Lost Wages and Reno and Carson area are all out of water. Uh, we're in a, a several-year drought. You know, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, boogeymen that jump out of the brush. So, yep. Um, there's supposedly a farmer somewhere, and I thought he was in Missouri. I tried to find him where I thought he was. He's not there. That actually built a tractor that could run on water. Well, if I remember the periodic table from... uh College chemistry, number one on the chart is hydrogen, so it's the most volatile gas of all. So it would create the most energy. It's a it, there's lots of hydrogen in the atmosphere, and any and if it didn't completely uh, break the hydrogen and oxygen molecule apart, the uh, outcome would be the exhaust pipe would put out water vapor. So the large towns would. Uh, be humid, I guess, would be the worst if they can figure out how to efficiently. I mean, what did they send the rockets to the moon with hydrogen gas, isn't it? Yeah, I don't know. Because it creates so much more energy than anything else. Mm -hmm. So you're saying that if we actually had um, H2O vehicles in Las Vegas, and they were exhibiting exhaust, exhaust that was va- water vapor. They could water their plants while they're driving their car. Right. Well, and there's an outfit already out of Israel. I think it's called Watergen or something like that. That uh, you can get a, a. I don't know how efficient it is yet, but I think they're working on it, especially in areas where you lack water, that they can. They take the water out of the atmosphere and create drinking water, so it's not uh, it's not impossible. I don't know, you know, again, mm. it has to probably go through some real peer review before it's usable. But if in in places like Las Vegas and and parts of California where water is scarce, it's to me it's better than taking all the water away from the farmers in the most productive ground on earth and with a, a great climate and, and they're drying them up go go through the central valley of california that all that stuff my grandfather worked down there in the 30 early 30s uh building the central valley irrigation project for yeah. irrigation so there was even drought back then when the, we didn't have global warming global freezing climate change <laughs> scare tactics <laughs> they're trying to grow stuff the the Times, the Times of Israel reports that Israel's water gin helping Arizona Native Americans make water from air. Hank, the title of the article explains how stupid the scientific world is because the, this, whatever this technology is, it doesn't make water from the air. It captures the moisture from the air and puts it in okay. one spot and creates wa- and creates a puddle of water. That's what it does. Yes, the same thing. If you set out, even in the desert, a glass that has ice in it, 
and water vapor forms on the outside of it. It's called the humidity. Yeah. So, uh, which is why most people have a dehumidifier in their house to capture the water from the atmosphere. It's not making water. Okay. I didn't want to get too technical this morning on you, Trent. You know, I mean, you've got a lot. Of, I'm critical you know, the of the, 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 the reporter, the not you. <laughs> you're you're a little edgy today. Why are you on edge? You're all touchy feely. Don't hurt my feelings. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm just sick and tired of my feelings being hurt. It's going to cost me six thousand dollars to bring my sheep home. That usually is all part of the package they will not let me trail my sheep home because they now decided because in 2015 seven years ago there was a controversy in another area and i talked to the people that were involved in that controversy and the blm capitulated and granted them a permit but not me so i have to go through a nepa process it's probably uh, they could do a categorical exclusion, but we're not going to do that. We're going to we're going to make this man feel the sting of the master's whip. The last fifty years don't mean jack to us. We're jerking this guy around, and then when I get here, I don't own the perret around my property here. So when I come in here to shear, I got to get another NEPA process and go through another ninety day. I can't even shear. I can't dock lambs. And if I, I assume that if I roll out a corral in the hills, uh, and the and the sheep shearers will cooperate while I uh, move a corral, uh, I mean it, it's just mind-boggling, the expense plus the amount of expense. You know, right now the way they've got this thing set up, if you want to deal with the bureaucracy, you need to go in there with a lawyer, with a notary, with a stenographer. Probably a video guy would be good. And all of these people, a whole entourage of people to go in and sit down, you know, and do something. So when you're marked by the Bureau, and, and I, I don't think that I have the same issues that Mr. Bundy had. I would be probably closer to the Hammond family. But when when you are marked, you are marked, and it's a, it's a bit of... You don't know what to do. Yeah, we're all out. We'll figure out what to do when we come back with more Hank Vogler after this. The Piedmontese Bull Sale coming to Broken Bow April 9th and 10th. Details at LoneCreekCattleCode.com. Come and check out the bulls and see the people. Welcome back. Roll route, Trent Luce alongside Hank Vogler on what? should be like the first day of spring but apparently it's the second day of spring so you're telling us that the line has been drawn in the sand officially now it appears to be but i was assured by attila that it, it's uh they're you know they're trying to help me now uh i'm not sure that if i looked up help in the dictionary, it would be the same dictionary that they're looking at. Now, maybe they're, it maybe help in the Communist Manifesto looks different than than help in uh, Webster's dictionary. I'm not sure. So, it's pretty wild. I mean, you know, it, it, it's sort of like uh, it's sort of like having some pain 
that you can't really put your, your handle on, you know, why you're having that pain. Right. Uh, I can cite to you example after example how they've done things for everybody around me and done nothing for this operation. Because this operation, why? You can't do that. You, you can't, you're, you're not supposed to. Uh, I came here with enough money to pay off the, uh, at that time, Production Credit Association, uh, what was owed on some cows. The gentleman that had the cows was in bankruptcy and bought their cows. The unsecured creditors were willing to to give me five years to pay for the rest of the cows. Mm -hmm. I had a five-year lease with a bunch of lawyers and doctors from Lincoln, Nebraska, and uh, some other investors. And and here I am, you know, only 37 years later, and kind of like putting together a crossword puzzle, kind of got it put together enough to where there's still some pieces missing but there's enough pieces together that it's a viable unit and it's as though it was a criminal act you, you know uh, and, the, and and since I've been here the gentleman that used to be over me who's now retired the first time I met him scared little rabbit 35 years old staked every penny I had on it brought my family down here everything I owned owned was in that u-haul everything i had was on the bet i was borrowing money on one credit card to pay interest on the other credit cards everything was just one flop of the dice and the first meeting i had with this gentleman he told me that he was uh schooled in wildlife biology his brother was a wildlife biologist for the nevada department of wildlife and i'd better find someplace else to go because in his mind, by the time he retired, which he did a couple, three years ago, there would be no more livestock on the federal range. Now, I don't know, Trent, go ahead and run that by the old brain there and think maybe he didn't like livestock grazers. Do you think? I don't know. Well, it's, it's just the way of the world today. They they want to demonize yep. animals in every way, shape, or form. Um, you know, on across the pond this morning, I shared a story in the New York Post from the weekend that is trying to demonize meat, saying that men who eat meat reduced testosterone levels and reduced fertility. And yet, the article doesn't even verify what the title says. The article says that men who consume high levels of protein shakes trying to build muscle and where 35% of their caloric intake comes from protein, they have a sterility problem. But the title blames meat consumption so that we can target the cow. I mean, you're the first person to tell me, oh, everybody loves a cowboy, but they hate the cow. Well, I didn't understand that till now. Now I understand Point blank, everybody wants to target a cow. Even go look at the grocery store today. Look at what a, a normal old beef roast cost compared to a pork roast. Pork is at the pigs are at the highest level they've ever been by far, by 20 cents a pound, selling them at live weight. 
And yet, if you go to the grocery store, pork is still priced like it was, and beef is is 20% higher. Why? There's no justification for any of this. Well, you got you have to realize that uh, I just uh, was walking by the telly yesterday, and there was somebody in the administration, I believe, I kind of just caught the corner of that, well, if you can't afford beef anymore, eat lentils. Yeah, exactly. I heard well, that. Uh, I, no, I, I saw the article. I didn't hear it. But, yeah. Well, okay. So now we're going to drive the price of lentils up because it's not, you know, beans are uh, high protein. But let's go back to when we evolved. You know, this all goes right back to Adam and Eve's grandparents. It does. I mean, that's where the blame <laughs> lies. And, and I'm what were their names, by the way? That made it uh, uh, Betty and Bob. So, anyhow. Uh, Okay, I think it's Betty and Bob's <laughs> they, problem. They were white too. I'm sure of it. I'm sure that they were white. That even makes it worse. And I think they were Middle uh, Eastern. It could have been. Who cares? But whatever, whatever we evolved from, or uh, immaculate conceptions, all the things that we've been taught all of our lives, meat, animals, whether it was something as simple as a as a rat. Uh, 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 you know, or, or, or a guinea pig, I think, was one of the first animals domesticated. A sheep or uh, a goat or whatever, when they first were hunter-gatherers, hunting was a, a, a more practical thing than gathering because there were huge herds of ruminants, all, you know, wildebeest. How come the wildebeest get a pass? I thought they were kind of a ruminant, too. And, oh, Wild Kingdom, that old Marlon Perkins, they show millions of them walking across the deserts and <laughs> migrating, the caribou migrate, all these animals. That was what you ate. Now, you may be able to get you some raspberries in, in, in June or July a little bit there, and then eventually we figured out how to make jam or whatever. But we ate meat, you know. You, you remember Forrest Gump and him and Bubba talking about... Uh, Shrimp, mm, I do. Shrimp cocktail, shrimp fried, shrimp boiled. Yeah, all right. Well, it was the same thing. If you didn't like, you actually meat saw that of movie. some flavor. Okay. Sometimes, you know. Well, it was all right. I mean, it was kind of, it was kind of funny. It was kind of for the day and time. Forrest Gump. Yeah. But mm. then, if you look at your own life, you're a Forrest Gump. Everybody's a Forrest Gump. Why in the world would George Foreman? be sent to Harney County, Oregon, uh, and sent out to help me and Fermini Turbin dig trailer house holes. So I got to meet George Foreman, and when he swung that pick and hit that old hard ground out there, it was about a 9.3 on the Richter scale earthquake. Uh, and and he was a very angry young man. He's not the happy-go-lucky guy he is now. I'm sure he doesn't remember me. And the only reason I remember him is because he went from there to Roseburg, and Homer Ritchie was his boxing coach in Burns, Oregon. He was going to quit boxing, and Homer went down to Roseburg and then on to Portland with him and told him, you have a talent. You should stick with it. But I knew Homer Ritchie all my life. So, again, accidents, accidents. I was in J.R. Simplot's house in his basement. He was showing me of all of his electronic gear when... 
uh, Jim Watts, Secretary of the Interior, came into the room. Matter in a wet hen. He had gone to a delegation of people in the state of Nevada. Ronald Reagan was going to turn over the land in the state of Nevada to the state of Nevada. And the delegation that he met with turned him down. And Watt was madder than a wet hen. And, and he kept kicking his foot up in the air like, a, like he was putting. And he had a hole in the bottom of his shoe and his black sock was sticking out through that hole. Okay, um, so I was a little Forrest Gump there for no reason. For the record, Forrest Gump, did you find your Jenny? That's a side note. Um, 14,000 years ago, the dog was domesticated. It is believed to be the first animal domesticated by man. 11,000 years ago, the goat and the sheep were domesticated about the same time. No mention of Yay! the guinea pig. But we've been eating sheep as long as we've, uh, just a long time. 11,000 years. That's quite a while ago. We'll take a break. We'll be back in the second half. Roll up. Hank Wiggler after this. It's all about proper health and getting the elements of health into your bloodstream. Dr. Nathan Bryan has spent more than 20 years talking about nitric oxide, really looking at the research, conducting the research, patenting the absolute best way to improve your health and well-being. I'm talking about cardiovascular health, blood circulation, brain health, eliminate that brain fog, and immune health. In today's world, it comes back to how healthy you are when you fight off the challenge. Everybody's going to be faced with the challenge. Is your immune system up to the challenge? That's the question of the day. Now, his website will be back up and running in April, he tells me. In the meantime, I'm handling the orders. Send me an email, trentluce at gmail.com. It's seventy-two fifty per bottle. That's sixty doses. Welcome back, Roll Route Trent Loose, March 21, twenty twenty-two. Hank Vogler alongside. We've now figured out when the animals were fully domesticated. I can't believe the goat beat the pig. That's a sad yeah. deal. <laughs> well, and and the. I always thought the pigs were on all these islands and and all through different places, but they weren't. It was the it was the sailors that introduced a lot of the hogs on different islands, and now they're supposedly destroying the islands and the local flora and fauna. But I want to get back to the guinea pig now. <laughs> we used to all be called guinea pigs. You know, nothing makes me prouder than being able to. Uh, throw a sandy Koufax pitch at you and and you miss it completely okay i don't know if they ever domesticated the guinea pig didn't matter i just wanted to fly one by you the dog i was pretty sure but the dog would have been hanging around if they killed a, a, a woolly mammoth uh it's just like going hunting i went hunting in the northwest territory and as soon as you shot your sheep you uh they wanted you to stand out because the bears would come um, they would hear that shot and they knew there was going to be meat well the dog would have been the same way but i don't know that they necessarily they probably ate the dogs too but uh they that would have been a, a, an obvious one and sheep would have produ produced wool and and a goat would there would have been hides there would have been some real advantages to the entire animal now i understand we used to be called guinea we, and 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 now 
we're deplorable, smelly people mm-hmm. at Walmart and that sort of thing. So I don't go so, to Walmart, nor uh, do I suggest because you Because there was a lot there. of cannibalism every time. Mm-hmm. We look around, we find that there was cannibalism. Even the Native American tribes, some of them practiced it. Uh, many of the uh, races on Earth practiced cannibalism. Mm-hmm. So, uh, all but, right. it, but it all goes back to one thing: protein meat. I now know why you had guinea pig on the brain. <laughs> originally, from I got one by you, kid. Originally <laughs> from South so America, particularly the Andes. The modern guinea pig is a descendant of Cavera Caludi. I'm not sure I did that exactly right, but there are many indications that the original human inhabitants of Ecuador, Peru, Bolivia, and the Andes began domesticating wild animals around 5000 BC in Peru. They were kept for food. You hang with Peruvians all day, every day, so consequently you just thought the guinea pig was the answer to everything. <laughs> no, I was relating it to the human species. There were We were used to be guinea pigs. Hey, by the by, speaking of guinea pigs, deplorable, smelly Walmart people clinging to their guns and Bibles, they're going to throw daylight savings times clock changing in the trash can it looks like how about that sounds like progress i believe that those legislators are listening to you every year bitch twice a year (laughs) i don't care who got that going let's just be thankful it's gone you know it's not gone yet but it looks like it's got momentum yes so (laughs) Can't lose them all, you know. Every once in a while, even a blind squirrel finds an acorn. Wouldn't that be a blind guinea pig? Could have been, by golly, <laughs> especially if you were in Peru, <laughs> Colombia, Ecuador. Yeah, I can't imagine that skinning a guinea pig is really worth the effort, but if you're hungry, I guess anything's worth it. Or have you ever... Uh, some people call them whistle pigs, groundhogs, or anything like that. Uh, Gilbert Sam worked for me for years and years, and every spring when the guinea pigs would start, or not guinea pigs, I got it on my brain, the groundhogs would start coming out. He would uh, go down to this place called Wright's Point, and he would whistle. And, boy, these guinea pigs, they drive, you know, groundhogs, whatever you want to call them, they're all kind of that particular flavor, I guess. Here they'd come, boy, their hair would all be bristled out, and they'd be up on a rock, and he'd shoot two or three of them. And then he would take them. He would take, put wild garlic. He'd gut them. Take wild garlic, uh, some onions, some other things, and put in them, and then kind of sew up their stomach with a string and uh, burn the hair off of them and roast them. Greasy, oh my goodness sakes, they were just full of oil. And and uh, we'd have them. We'd eat groundhogs. Uh, and, I, you know, that was what he had grown up with at the McDermott Indian Reservation. So. And he also did the same thing with rabbits. He would go out and, and make some kind of a whistle or a... And here come these rabbits. 
and they'd all be male rabbits again, just like the guinea pigs, the uh, groundhogs. And so he kind of, I guess, had to make him a conservation. He didn't shoot the females. <laughs> so, I guess. So, I don't know. <laughs> so why yeah, have we just, not learned anything about cannibalism in the United States? Well, because it's probably not a really good subject. Uh, the the people in uh, South uh, on the Pacific Islands called us uh, humans because of cannibalism. They called them the long pig. So evidently, you'd like this. We must taste like pork. Oh, so, really? I had the yeah. best pork roast last night I think I've ever had. But uh, if you do a search just on the history of cannibalism in America, there's a lot. There's a lot there that just want to the only time we are here about cannibalism is Donner Pass the Donner Party that's it yeah but there was a lot Jamestown it started in 1609 yep. in Jamestown the winter was severe food was short and people resorted to eating each other well that's a survival instinct yeah I mean uh, but there were Native American tribes that practiced it they found bone piles and stuff that had knife marks on the bones as they obviously scraped the meat off of them. Uh, there's, you know, uh, I'm, I'm sure it's something that <laughs> you got to be a little bit hungry or somehow you have to have it embedded in some sort of a, a cultural thing to where you, uh, you know, I mean, uh, I've always thought women were beautiful, but I never ever thought that I'd sure like to rip a leg off of one of them and have a roast. (laughs) Well, you know, that's kind of what's coming in Oregon because they still have this ballot initiative that you, it's going to be on the general ballot, general election ballot this fall that you can't eat an animal till it dies a natural death. You know, everything always comes back in this giant circle if you could control food energy all of these things you control everybody and when you're in power whether you're a gentleman working for uh, the bureau of land management that's going to bring me to heal and doing a fine job of it i would say i i don't know uh, i've got to go sign the papers to renew my notes <laughs> this week in elko uh Maybe, you know, I'm closer to the precipice than I think, and I still have a going to wind up in federal court, which is going to be extremely expensive. We had a phone conversation the other day that uh, was for an hour, and I figured it out. It was $2,000 for that hour. Uh, so it's not cheap. It's not free to stand up for yourself, and they know that. That's a good way to... to uh, uh, stop the music is is make it that you don't have enough quarters to put in the jukebox. So again, uh, control food, control energy. You're going to control the people, and if you need to get in a fight, if people are hungry, and you say go over there and fight with those guys over there, they're the reason you're hungry. You can get them to do it. They may not even have any resemblance to your philosophies of governance but they're hungry and it's the only job in town i mean uh 
my cousin that wound up in the Bataan Death March joined the armed services before the Second World War because it was a job. And I'm sure that Mr. Uh, Vlad's finding out that uh, appointing all your buddies to be generals and appointing all your buddies to get all the money and then taking young kids and conscripts, he should have read the book about the Vietnam War. Same thing. Rich man's war and a poor man's fight. And it, it, things don't always work out the way you thought they ought to. And I don't think, even if he does win this excursion, that the people of Ukraine are going to uh, love him. They may capitulate because they're hungry, but they I don't think they're going to uh, start liking him. <laughs> so again, you, you know, there's lots of stuff going you, you on. You do know that, that Zelensky of uh, Ukraine canceled all other political parties, canceled all media outlets, and is now the sole voice for the Ukrainian people, right? I doesn't matter to me uh, at this point in history. Uh, the thing that I look at is the absolute inability for communism to work. Whether yeah. whether Zelensky turns out to be just as bad, communism. I mean, they got money, they've got guns, they've got everything it takes, hypersonic missiles, everything in the world, and they can't whip a bunch of ragtag people hiding behind a, uh, a rock because of bureaucracy, because of uh, top-down, uh, you know, I don't know if I should do that, boy. That's the deal. That's what I look at, is how the failure of that kind of uh, lack of democracy. Now, if Zelensky has canceled all other political parties are you going to pay for that too that yeah, doesn't well, work either. i think he's taking Freedom. lessons from biden we'll be back last segment roll route right after this now coming back to the certified piedmontese system for cattlemen if you're in the know and you want to uh, get more information or you'd like to become in the know it's all the same answer go to lonecreekkettlecode.com Here's the drill, though. You use your cows. You don't change cows. There's a misconception that if you're part of the certified Piedmontese system, you use Piedmontese cows. This is a terminal program. Use the Lone Creek Terminal Sires, Piedmontese Sires, via AI or via uh, natural service on your cows. Contract the calves back to Lone Creek at a tune of $180 over market price. Details at LoneCreekCattleCo.com. Welcome back. Roll route. Trent Lewis alongside Hank Vogler checking in. White Pine County, Nevada. April's coming. When are you shearing sheep? Uh, the shears said the other day they're going to be here the 7th. Hmm. Which, by the way, I don't believe is a big enough turnaround uh, to get the 90-day window of uh, opportunity. You know, which... My big, big dumb, I thought, you know, I only had to cross two two miles of a county road. Everywhere else, I'd been in those allotments every year for 37 years. Uh, and the county was are, are willing to give me a permit to go down the county road 
with my sheep. But if I do it, uh, there's just going to be a huge violation. So, uh, wait, wait, wait. What, why is it a violation? I don't understand that. If you have permission from the county to go down a county road, the federal government cannot have any intervention in that. Well, they say they own the ground under it, and they just merely have given uh, a right-of-way on top of the ground. Oh, well, my I'm not goodness. You're for oil. I'm not. Yeah. So it, another, you know, the counties, the states were supposed to get their federal lands a long time ago, and they didn't do it. So we're splitting hairs here. The problem is, is from the Indian George allotment, which I'm sure my cousin, that Mrs. Howland, she's going to change that. You know, Indian George can't be right to go to fix that. You know, it's only been Indian George for 150 years, you know. So the sheep are in Indian George. Mm. They've got across other people's allotments, which I have been doing for a gazillion years. And when I go to the summer, I have to cross these allotments. But when uh, the illegal grazers, Southern Nevada Water Authority, with their political capital and now control the Bureau of Land Management in Ely District, uh, that's who I'm in an argument with. This isn't two farmers on a ditch bank fighting with shovels. This is big play. Uh, anyhow, I've got to cross those. So I've got to have a trail permit, which I have had every year, uh, but I have to take a little different route. When uh, there's three sections of the Tippet Pass allotment, the west part of it has never been in contest. It's always been mine. Uh, the dry pasture is in contest, and the east pasture is gone. I can't cross them. And just to throw a bomb in my tent, that they have banned me from using the west pasture. Just a little extra nudge there to go home, lay down, shut up, lay in the corner like a whip pup, and pee on myself. Well, I kind of have trouble with that. Yeah, rightfully uh, so. I, I, don't I have just, trouble with that. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so anyhow, the whole deal of it is there are not 5,280 AUMs in that east pasture for cows. That's been the problem since I bought that sheep permit in 2004 but nobody wants to address it 17 years or whatever it is later we're not addressing it we're still hiding under the desk because Southern Nevada Water Authority my understanding is has a monthly meeting with the BLM but they're an illegal grazer there is nothing in the Taylor Grazing Act or any other act that says a state agency can graze Yes, they can hold a permit, but they have to lease the permit and the deeded base property to a private individual, which they have never done. And all the applications to graze that we were given in our FOIA are all uh, admissions that, that they lied, they cheated, they perjured themselves, but they were still granted it. And it's even worse for the Forest Service. The Forest Service says no federal, state, or county agency can hold a permit. I think they got five. I know they got more than one. So how'd they do that? Well, gee, 85% of the populations in Las Vegas, uh, you know, and they started the fight. I was willing to hide in the brush, park my sheep camp, and, and use it because there's no fence. It's open. 
and use the country over there, get my AUMs that I rightfully bought before Southern Nevada Water Authority even showed up, and, and no problem. Well, then the next thing I know, Southern Nevada Water Authority applies for water rights on the part of the permit. Well, are they going to come over there where they've never come before? They didn't apply and ask for those water rights based on uh, shipping the water to Las Vegas. No, they want to irrigate cattle. Excuse me. That's not even in contest. But they And the first thing the Department of Water Resources does is calls up the BLM and says, does uh, Trent Luce have the right to put his livestock, sheep, cattle, pigs, chickens, whatever it is, in that area? And somebody at the BLM had to say, yep, we'll let them do it. So they were capturing my water to irrigate livestock, which it's illegal for them to run livestock on the federal range. I mean, everything about it is perjury, abuse of power, everything like that. But we can do it, you know. And, and, and look at Pinocchio Joe. Pinocchio Joe's son's flying around in Air Force Two. And Selective Service can't find the records. And, the, and some congressman or senator did a, a demanded it, so they sent him a blacked out page. Re, to, the total page was redacted. Well, gee, <laughs> programs for me, but not for thee, or whatever that saying is, that's not right either. I thought it was by, for, and of the people. So Yeah, the day of reckoning is coming, fun, fun, fun. and I sense it's coming pretty soon, which is going to be not a pleasant day for us. Yeah, power is it. Well, look at I know you don't like to talk about my buddy Vlad, but just think about that. They say he has $600 billion with a B. That makes him as rich as anybody on earth. And yet that isn't enough. Crimea, Moldova, Ukraine, Lithuania, Estonia, uh, Latvia. He wants to put the old Soviet Union back together, it looks like to me. I that, could be wrong. That's, Maybe he's that's doing them all the That's blatantly not correct. Well, okay, fine. Well, no matter what he is doing, uh, nobody's shooting at, at, at Vlad, but there are little kids, mm-hmm. and people, I believe, are dying. And there are, there are buildings being destroyed, not in... Uh, and not belonging to Vlad, but belonging to, uh, to these other people, that for 30 years they have kind of hopefully, eventually, we're going to have their uh, a better life. They must have thought it was a better life than under the Soviet control, the same as Poland, the same as Hungary, all these other countries, these satellite countries, uh, Yugoslavia, Czechoslovakia, all these things broke away and have tried other forms of government, uh, which I thought people were allowed to do, but evidently you're not. So, uh, I don't know. $600 billion is not enough to slake his thirst. To go ahead and name me something that he couldn't get. I don't know. Don't look right to me. Uh, everything I see is still about him liberating the people, liberating us from those bio labs. Uh, I, what really sh- set my whole tenor is I watched the, um, Ukraine agony YouTube presentation put together in 2014 
where the Ukraine government killed 6,000 of its own people, and they have never changed from that. Has Chernobyl, what, wasn't, isn't it in the Ukraine also? Yeah, and it's, is it running again? It was on pause for a couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I don't know. Uh, there's several nuclear plants all over, all over that country and all over Europe that they're shutting down everywhere and relying on uh, other sources of energy to, to, uh, get elect, make electricity. So I, you know, there's, there's all kinds of crap going on and, and there are no heroes. No, the, that's a true story. The press is always controlled. The press is always controlled by the winner. Uh, you know, my first brush with going to Hank Slater's office as a little kid got a great laugh in the class. And I asked, well, if the grass doesn't grow where Attila the Hun has trod, he went in to whip the Roman armies all by himself. Didn't he have people that believed in him and, and believed in him? his form of whatever it was, and they followed him in, and and it was, a, you know, it came off of the plains of Hungary or wherever he was from, and I got sent to the office because that wasn't what it said in the book. He's a bad guy. Well, somebody had to follow him. Somebody had to follow Mao Zedong. Somebody had to follow Lenin and Trotsky and all of those. It sounds good on paper, and if you can stir up enough people and they're pushed down by uh, the czars of Russia enough, people will line up. Now, it maybe didn't work out the way they thought it was going to work out a few years later, but once they stepped across the line, it's a little hard to get back. And maybe that's what's happening in both those countries. I don't know. But there's people dying. Mm -hmm. And they're dying for a cause whether it's the right cause or not, the Russians with their army, with all their weaponry and everything, should have marched in there in five minutes, told Zelensky to pack his pack and get out. And it hadn't worked out that way. So there's some people in that country that must believe in Zelensky's way of life. One minute. What's going to happen with your permit this week? Uh, I'm going to put my sheep in a truck. I've already got them uh, hired. It's going to cost me several thousand dollars to move them around. And then when I get them moved around, I still got to do something else to get them in here. So the, you know, <laughs> the the money is dwindling away rather rapidly, and the progression has been zero up until now. But uh, you can't swim halfway across the lake and say, gee whiz, this is tiresome and too much trouble. I think I'll turn around and swim back. You're kind of in for a penny. You're in for a pound. And that'll do it. We have successfully journeyed down the road connecting rural and urban America. For Hank Bogler, Trent Luce, both of us reminding you that all roads do lead to a roll route. Well, we're pretty much set for the loose Thibodeau meeting in Sterling, Colorado. In fact, that is going to kick off an entire week filled of campaigning and explaining to people we are the people, and we're doing it to empower people. Teresa Thibodeau for governor of Nebraska. 
We're going to start it in Sterling, Sterling Livestock from 1 to 3, March 28th, you're invited, and then I'll get you the rest of the schedule soon. Sterling Livestock, 1 to 3, March 28th. See you there.